Welcome, everyone, to the first podcast, the pilot podcast. The We're calling it the Solar Buzz. Solar Buzz. Right, we have coffee in our hand because we're filming this around 10.30 uh, in the morning on a Monday. Sometimes we're going to film this at 2.30 in the afternoon. Those it's will be fun be ones. Different kind of solar buzz. Yes. But the theme will be the same. Yes. Uh, I'm David Williamson, hanging out with Matt Cronwald. Happy to be here. We were going to have Chrissy Coonrod with us, the, the vice president of operations, but she's having a different kind of operation at the house because she's not feeling that well. <laughs> Uh, she's having bathroom operations. Bathroom operations. So she's I think she's, uh, she's crushing those. Yeah, oh yeah. So uh, our purpose of starting a podcast, other than wanting to hear our own voices like normal, uh, is to give and express information to the solar industry. Yep. Maybe talk about uh, what's going on in the future, what's been going on in the past and stuff like that. And we've told our story. I've told my story several times about how I got started in solar and where I'm from and all that stuff. And sometimes people have heard it, some people haven't. And we might talk about that a little bit today. We're going to talk about your history in solar and how you got started and like what Titan is going to do um, going forward uh, to support dealers, how we acquire dealers, talk about that kind of stuff. So uh, with all that... Let's yeah, get we've started. been on the road. Oh. We've been on the road a while. Yeah, like doing the doing the. Sh- but we've never done shtick. it here. That's what I'm saying. So it's nice to yeah. be able to come on here and say, like, okay, not every person in our 500 active dealers from last year is going to know the Titan story, the history of how we got here. Um, well, so let's let's dig into it. Let's get after it. When did uh, when did Titan start? I'll do. Well, let me. I'll do Q and A, and I'll ask you. Let's go for it. All right. When did Titan start? Titan started on March 1st, 2013. Um, it was Titan was born out of the idea that Kyle Benome and myself, the two guys that own Titan, wanted to start a solar company based on the fact that we watched other companies treat uh, salespeople poorly in that they used to uh, let them build up a big pipeline of commissions and then find a way to not pay them. And that was a big problem for us because we were the ones having to tell salespeople, by the way, you've got $20,000 in commissions and they're, they're wanting to let you go. And the rep would go, but I'm a 1099. We'd say, yeah, I know. They just want to steal your money. And they go, well, what do I do? I'm like, you could get a lawyer, but you don't have any money, right? They go, yeah, I don't save my money for lawyers. I didn't think they would ever take my commission, but they would. And so they'd settle for like five grand. And then that company would just make money. It was a revenue stream for that company. And our names were getting tarnished in the industry. That was in 2012. And that company is no longer in business, but that was a real problem. Uh, We noticed that the installers were not being paid as W-2s. We noticed that license- That's not even legal. It's not legal, but nobody really tracks it. The industry is still unregulated a lot. So we noticed that they were doing installations poorly as it relates to contracting. The quality of work was not there. Uh, the commitment to getting the job installed and finished all the way wasn't there. They certainly didn't have a service department when, when we were there. And it was a bigger company. They had, they had a, lot of, a lot of deals going on. That was back when Arizona was an easy, easy, easy market to sell, and there was utility rebates and everything. Um, so enough months went by doing that job. He was the general manager and I was the sales manager. We said, we've got to get out of this before our names are ruined. And we wanted to start our own company. So we started Titan Solar Power using my father-in-law's contractor's license. He had access to a license. So for the longest time, people called us PM and M electric doing business as Titan Solar Power. Right. So you look our license up and say, why does it say that? The reason why was because we didn't want to go to market with a PM and M electric moniker. It doesn't sound sexy. <laughs> Uh, it says, well, it sounds better Nobody than, knows even what you do. Right. <laughs> you got to say solar somewhere. It was better than a lot of the solar names out here right now. But right. Green Renewable Power Energy, energy Systems Solutions. Uh, so, like, yeah. <laughs> so we need, we need to make the dice game where we have the dice and we roll the dice and see all these different words. Clean, energy, power, green, tech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got started uh, wanting to be a sales company. That uh, that was, I mean, that's what we did. I was, I was going out and selling. 
I would get appointments and I'd go out and sell them. Kyle would get appointments, go out and make friends uh, because he doesn't like to close. That's not his nature. He's a he's a, he's a, a relationship guy. Relationship guy. Yep, he would pray with almost all the customers he uh, <laughs> dealt with, but they never bought solar. That's not true. He sold like two of them. Um, but the that's what we did initially. And the salespeople in the industry that knew us and liked us from the past said, hey, can we come sell for you? We're like, of course. So they started selling. We started building up a sales team. So I was the sales manager at the new company at Titan. And Kyle was the guy doing the books. We didn't call ourselves CEO and CFO because when you're that small, you don't have that title. Um, and then after a while, it became too much to manage. But who's doing the install? Like I, you're, we're, we're talking about you and Kyle are going out and selling or you're selling. But right. like if you're starting an install company, who's doing the install? Well, we didn't start out trying to be an install company. We tried to be a sales org, and we we realized that we didn't know the install side. So the first couple of deals I sold, I had to sell really aggressively. In fact, the price was so low, I went to my father-in-law and said, hey, I've sold these too low. I gave them away. I don't think I can <laughs> it's afford... It's not much of a sale. Right. I go, I can't afford <laughs> like, an, an install. So doing he goes, the well, you guys, work right away. Right. So he goes, you guys should do the install. So Kyle and I got on the roof and we did the installation work on the roof and we hired an electrician to do the, the stuff on the ground because we certainly weren't electricians. Um, and the install, uh, doing that kind of work, led us to figure out, or led me, at least me, to figure out, the, try to find the best way to do every kind of install. Stage the job a certain way. Uh, if anyone goes to any one of our warehouses in the nation, they see how the cart system works out. They see how we stage the equipment because we're trying to have minimal waste. I try, I try to send the least amount of cardboard to the job because I actually have to pick up the cardboard on the job. And that was stupid. You don't send a 60 amp disconnect in a box to a job site so an install crew can take it out of the box, throw it on the ground, install the disconnect, bend back over, pick up the cardboard, put it back in the truck, just right back here, put it in the dumpster. That seemed dumb. So it was a constant uh, it was a constant way of trying to find the most efficient way to do things, and that probably comes from being in the restaurant business for as long as I was. And, being and just the refining process of doing it yourself and actually being the person who is doing the project versus somebody that just right. doesn't know that that is an annoying thing to have to have oh, yeah. a box go to the job and then have to take it back to the warehouse. It's a, it's a silly process. So I tried to make try to minimize every step possible when I was – uh, when Kyle would hand panels up to the roof for me, if you're on a single-story house and you hand them up the ladder, you know, he'd hand me a panel backwards, not backwards to him, just he's handing it up. And I'm like, okay, I get it on the roof and I have to spin it and then I have to land it. And I come back and he hands me the next one. I go, hey, dog, hand it to me the other way so I don't have to spin it on the roof. And he's like, oh, okay. And it's little things like that, stripping the cardboard uh, corners off the panels, just every single thing that you can think of trying to do the most efficient way, sending the right breaker out, knowing which breakers get skinnied up what breakers are compatible with obsolete breakers. Like, you know, people don't realize that Siemens breakers are what replace Challenger breakers or vice versa like that. I don't want to get into a bunch of technical stuff, but the point is we started doing that. So we figured out how to, how install works. And around that time we were growing a sales team and I was taking the install knowledge and giving it to the sales team. I would have a sales meeting or a training and I tell them, I go, if you guys aren't walking into a house with a tile hook in your hand, you're making a mistake. Selling in Arizona, most of the houses are tile. Carry this in with you. Explain how the tile hook gets installed. Explain how it gets flashed. Explain how it works. Customers are going to go, oh, cool, I didn't know that. And then you can tell the customer, did your last company explain it to you? They go, right. no. Did they explain the warranty this way? Did they explain why you want the warranty this way? They go, no. Like sell selling based on normal sales skills is obviously great. But when you combine it with the solar install knowledge, you become a killer salesperson and you're going to you sound like an expert. You sound like an expert, even if you're not an electrician, you're not an engineer, but you sound really, really reputable. And the customer is like, I'm going to buy from you. And if someone in comes in behind you during the pipeline process, they're going to have a hard time winning that sale or taking it away from you because they're not going to sound as good. People want to work with expert. It builds trust. Right. 
And so we were building a sales team like that. And then we decided, then I got to be able to leave the field about after a year and a half of installing. And I was in only in operations. Uh, Chrissy got hired. Chrissy took over the, my role as the sales coordinator. She was a sales coordinator. So she would hand out leads or she would intake the deals and she would schedule site surveys. She did all that work. So she got to learn the industry from the beginning as well. And I got to focus on ops and purchasing and refining the install side. So that's how Titan got started. Obviously, we could tell a longer, long story about uh, how we went into every state and all these things. Sure. And there's a bunch sure. of anecdotal stories for that. But the reason why we got started was to uh, to get away from all the bad habits of other installers and other uh, orgs. And once we started doing what we're doing, we said, uh, well, you know, why don't we just focus really, really hard on the install? And why don't we not focus on the sales? Why don't we not go after training every single salesperson that comes in? Because I have a finite amount of resources, like as a person, like anyone does. And we'll have sales companies organize their sales meetings and um, pump up the guys and think of your own company. We used to help companies get set up. There's a there's a company that was going to call themselves 358 Solar, a bunch <laughs> of dorks. And I said, no, change it to Cheetah. And, and now they have a great brand and all that stuff. And they're not dorks. Starting of 2000, uh, March 2013, you have two employees, a couple of dudes getting out there trying to trying to figure it out. May, or sorry, March of 2014, so one year in, how many employees? Uh, still two. Just two? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for the first year, just you and Kyle. Right. And then you flash forward, we're coming up, uh, We're here's January, so we're two months out of March. 2022 right so we're going to add another eight years to that how many employees we at uh, about 1800 1800 1800 and still trying to hire more right the the business has changed we've come we've come in to our own as an install we focus only on the install we don't have an internal sales team we work with sales organizations uh we we encourage dealers we don't encourage individual sales guys to come to us which they do but we want to take the individual salesperson and say, you should be working as a, in a dealer network or into a dealer model. So uh, anybody, they go, any one person in the whole country, roofers and contractors and salespeople go to our website. They go to, uh, our first thing on the website says, become, become a, a dealer. dealer, right? They click on that and they submit a dealer inquiry. We get about 10 a day. Yep. And Chase Anderson here intakes that, basically interviews everybody, chats them up, see how they're doing. And sometimes the realtor, who really wants to get into solar because he wants to make all that solar money. Yeah, I heard that that's where the cheddar is. That's where the cheddar is, yeah. yeah. Right now, I just spend you know a little bit of money to put a sign in a yard, and then I take a bunch of offers because real estate's crazy, and I'm right. going to make a 3% commission. And sales, solar salespeople can make more than that and still give the customer a good deal. Right. Uh, some solar salespeople make a lot more than get that and give the customer a bad deal. <laughs> uh, and we know those companies. So um, we... Uh, cater to those kind of people that want to come in and sell. And so Chase will talk to somebody and say, look, if you're an individual, work with this group. They have a great culture. They work. They uh, will set you up the training and all that. Sometimes we have a guy come to us who's a sales manager, and he's got 10 people under him that are going to follow him because they have a relationship, and he wants to start his own thing. Yeah. We give that guy a better red line, and he goes out and sells. And ha we have to set them up with some kind of help with accounting and sometimes help with their LLC, even yeah. like I said, even naming their company like we do with Cheetah. But that's the model we want to encourage uh, sales groups because it's easier to it's easier to have trainings when you have a bunch when what's the uh, iron sharpens iron so sure I mean I mean uh, wins propagate more wins there's a there's a thousand different things that people know in sales but any person who's ever sold knows that like I need to be around people who are selling right otherwise if I'm just out here on my own there's nothing motivating me to get out there and go right you sit at home watch Real Housewives of Atlanta like, <laughs> like we all do and that's not constructive right right I mean it's an, it's entertaining sure I love it it's quality yeah. TV um, but it's not it's not gonna make you a lot of money so 
that's what we're doing right now. That's what we've become. And we still don't want to be a sales organization. And we could. We could start a sa- an internal sales team in an instant. It's uh, it's a bunch of hats and shirts and it's a bunch of sales meetings and it's right. a bunch of contests. And We've had a thousand people come and tell us how much money we're leaving on the table not right. doing it. Right. And, and we are we realize we might not be... Uh, we might not be doing ourselves the best service in making the most amount of money, but we are doing a service to the industry by not trying to go into a lane that's competitive with people that want to do that. There are people that 100%. want to sell only that don't want to get into what we're doing. And if we were doing sales and install, now we're, we're getting in, we're competing. And so we didn't want to do that. That's why we <laughs> haven't done it so far. I mean, maybe we will. I mean, some some people get into our lane. We have to go after those people. Who knows, right? <laughs> you never know. It happens. It happens. Yeah. It's happened a couple times. So, um, you know, if anyone listening in, that's that's the reason why we're doing is what we're doing. The reason why we're doing what we're doing in the way we're doing it is because we want to be respectful of sales people that focus on sales that don't want to worry about a twenty five year warranty that don't want to worry about service calls that aren't just getting into what we're doing to for a, a company evaluation so they can sell and leave the leave the industry in right. four years so we're doing it for the long haul we've been doing it for almost a decade now and Kyle and I don't have a plan to retire we're too young I mean he's young I'm, right. old, I'm old uh, but I don't golf and I don't bowl I don't like softball uh, all I want to do is sell and make sure. more money so I'm content to keep doing this for a really long time. And with uh, the barriers of entry on the so, on the sales side, I mean, to be able to come in, have a, a proposal created for you, and to be able to hand it to an installer who's going to own it and take it for the rest of the life of that homeowner. Why um, wouldn't Why wouldn't you want to do? Why that? wouldn't you want to do that? You get to make more money than the installer makes with no responsibility. If anything positive happens, you get a referral. Right. Anything <laughs> negative happens, we have to deal with it. Right. That's they're not that's calling a, you if the roof leaks. They're, trying, they're calling us. Right. And then we're going to have to send someone out there, fix the roof, whether we did it or not, fix the drywall, do all that stuff. And we have the means to do it. Not everyone has the means to do it or do it right. So, yeah, that's uh, if, I was, if I was doing this all over again, I would just probably have a sales org and I'd have uh, a lot less headaches and I'd have a lot more money. <laughs> Maybe more shoes. Maybe more shoes. Probably that's not, tough to say. Probably not more shoes. Cool. So, um you, though, you, Matt Cronwell, you are the VP of sales. Yes. Happy to be here. And VP of sales is kind of an odd term because we don't do internal sales, but you help um, with the sales teams. You upset right. them up. You answer their questions. You deal with uh, high escalations yep. when the homeowner is freaking out or over something, whether it's install related or sales related. You put out those fires, but you have a whole team of people that are support your, your dealers, right? Correct. Yeah. So uh, started, uh, it'll be three years in May. And uh, they've flown by. They have flown by. Uh, and uh, it's been cool to be able to see the department grow and develop out of what was business development into what we now call partner relationships. Um, and, and to say, like, man, if we really want to grow the business, if we want to see the business grow in a sustainable way, um, focusing on the partners, making sure that they are having a relationship with Titan that is uh then bigger than just the transaction that's taking place right and um and they they feel supported that they have an individual person that they can call every single person that is a dealer with us has a cell phone number for somebody on my team i mean i feel bad for these folks because i mean they're answering their phone at 10 o'clock on a sunday um and it's just but that's when the deal is getting closed that is when the 10 a.m. on a closed. Sunday, the, the rep is in the house and right. he needs help right now because something isn't working or can't answer a question. And we're here to say that that's the call that we want, that we want to make sure that if they have questions, if they have needs, that we're, we're taking care of those things. So, um, you know, from that, what was just, you know, me and, and one other person that when it started, we've now got 12 um, continuing to grow it. And, and it's been a blast. Well, that's awesome. 
if I was a dealer, I would love hearing that. I would love to know who my partner relations rep is. And right. sometimes, sometimes a dealer will get pissed off because they can't get a hold of someone quick enough, right? Right. Everyone gets irate. I need the information now. Right now. So when we make mistakes, we look to apologize. Say, hey, we made a mistake. We messed that up, and we try to fix it, right? Yep. So we're, I think we're excellent at admitting when we are not doing something correct and willing to work with anyone if they have ideas on how to fix a problem. And sure. that's why our project management software, NetSuite, is so open. It's a, it's not that friendly looking, but it's really open. You can Fully see, transparent. You can see every single thing. So if, if we're sitting on a permit for a week, we're going, yep, we sat on that permit for a week because you know what? We're dumb. You can see it. Right? And, and we screwed up. We missed that one. Uh, we were working on the wrong queue. We want someone to point at it and say, what, what are you doing? We go, sorry. We, were, we have 200 to submit today, and we didn't get to that one, so it went to the next day. We want the we want the correction. We need the correction, and we will make things better once people tell us what's wrong. Yeah, and in the same way that we talk about sales, needing the accountability and somebody who can push them and make them better and go through the refining process. Like Titan is wanting to do the same thing. So having that um, extra visibility, and nobody's going to care more about their project than the person who sold it and right. is the 1099 guy whose livelihood is depending on the speed of which this thing gets installed. Right. So having that is definitely, um, it, it's a motivator for us to make sure that we're going to perform at a level that the salesperson would expect us to. Most, uh, I think that most people in the industry, most people that are in a, a sales, a commission only type uh, industry, they realize that, like we realize that they are 1099. And sometimes salespeople think that operations or office staff don't like them because they know they make a lot of money on a sale. And so they get a negative feeling from like, oh, the office doesn't give a crap about me because they think I'm a, a piece of crap sales guy out here selling. <laughs> well, that's not how we think about it. Right. I mean, individuals might think that. I mean, sometimes there's a piece of crap salespeople, right? right? Sometimes. Um, but the, the, no, the notion that they make a lot of money, I don't think I care much at all. If, a, if I knew a sales rep was making more than me personally, I'd be like, great. Oh, you're killing it. I'm making a little bit of money off that deal on the install side. But if you make more than me, that's excellent. Good yeah. for you. As a sales manager, I was always thrilled when salespeople made more than me. Good. I mean, they're taking on all of the risk of going out there and generating something out of nothing. Well, uh, all the hard work. I mean, they, work. I don't wouldn't say the risk, but they're they're definitely having to get motivated and go out there themselves. So, sure, uh, they're they're self generating something, and you know we have to take care of what they've done, and that's what we try to do. We try to express that. So, uh, if Chrissy was here, she'd be echoing all these things. But like I said, Hundo P, Hundo P, she'd say, yeah, uh, Mama sick. So. Um, <laughs> Well, I think this has been a good first episode. We certainly don't want to bore anybody. Um, the next episodes we shoot, if they're at 2.30 in the afternoon, are going to be a lot more fun. The, the, the microphones might be slurring a little bit, but that's what the solar buzz is about. That's what the solar buzz is about. So we're all hop, hopped up on caffeine yep. right now, but next time we might be sponsored by Tito's. Hopefully. Um, so uh, thank you, everybody who's listening. If you guys made it through the end, you guys should get a bonus because this was pretty boring. We yeah. weren't that entertaining. Yeah, you should text time. me and say, made it to the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll just fast forward it. Uh, we're not going to have a test afterwards. Uh, we appreciate everyone's time and can't wait to do the next one, right? Appreciate you. All right. Signing off.